Nice man that owns a vineyard. There's oh, a dream. Vineyard living. Mm. I mean, I would be a great vineyard wife. Yes, you would. I would look great in a vineyard. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe you should have been a sommelier. I don't think my palate is, is sensitive enough. Oh, okay. That, that seems like a cool career to have. You know what I mean? Though apparently I'm really good at picking out wines, which I don't under... I mean... I'm not trying to flex, but it's like was weird thing that like, I don't know. I just like, I just, every, every time I bring wine somewhere, somebody's always really excited about it. Like I always, like Jesus's cousins are like, oh, are you bringing the wine? Cause you always bring the best wine. And I'm like, okay, like, okay. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take, take it. it. Like that's, yeah. and I've had some really, really snobby, influential wine people tell me that I have good wine mm. taste too. And I'm like, bitch, I just drink. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to be a shirt. Bitch, I just drank. <laughs> I guess I just have natural style in class when it comes Ooh, to wine. Go fuck it. off. I just like wine. Anyway. Welcome back to TBR Lowdown. Like, I just realized that like, we are starting off with the F-bombs. It's going to be a great episode. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know what the stance was. If you're not watching the video, you don't get all the, <laughs> the fun extras. All the extras. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, you always come up with the fun show ideas you do it's all the wine because <laughs> this idea is really i like it i like it tell the folks what this what we're doing well i was thinking of doing it in my stories and then you and i were trying to come up with like an idea of what to record today and i was like well why don't we just do smash or pass and you were like what the hell are you talking about so we're going to we just collected a random assortment of books from our shelves that have been lingering there and the idea is that we don't show them to each other and we just read like you want to read the first paragraph or the first page um the first paragraph first paragraph and then we have to decide for the other one smash or pass and when we get to five smashes then we have a tbr and then we're gonna have to have a follow-up episode where we discuss our smashes i like it i like it, I like it. yes i'm here for did it. did we smash right for each other do your like friends it. give you the best books from your own selection of books, so I like it. I'm that's what we're gonna it. do, and that's why I poured wine because this is this is a wine video, as I said to Naomi. <sighs> you just enjoy yourself. You just enjoy. You know, yourself. I'm not. I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm on call tomorrow night. Oh, and wonderful! I want to enjoy my day off, as you should. Yeah. As you should. And we've been working all day. We have been recording. I have been recording for the channel. We've been mm-hmm. recording for the podcast. It's been. Been yeah, a busy, we've been busy. busy Saturday. We've been busy. I was going to film my book haul from our book thrifting excursion, but I'm not going to have the energy after this. I'm going to eat cheeses and watch a movie with Caleb, and then I'm going to read. I think that sounds nice. I'm going to get back to reading because I do want to finish the book I'm going to talk about right at the top here. So you will remember that I bought On Earth for Briefly Gorgeous by Ostin Vong. Oh, and this so audiobook just came in, and I didn't realize it was also narrated by him i always love when the author narrates their book this book man have you read it yeah i read it last year okay so um i stopped i guess this is like chapter three i don't know there's really not really chapters like there's a break there's nothing's numbered but it was right after they talk about the guys eating the monkey brains Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I had to stop because I was like, I couldn't breathe. I was just so. The writing is so good. Like, I don't even it have is. words. This is like the worst book for me to talk to you about because I don't I can't explain to you. It's just I have like an entire sensory overload moment while reading. And like I just it's so good. I have a feeling like this is this is five stars. Easy peasy. It was five like, stars for me from like the first 40 pages. I'm like, I, it's so good. Um, but it's like what, like an essay to his mom. But he is the son of Vietnamese immigrants and his grandmother fled Vietnam during the Vietnam War with his mom. Mm-hmm. And he was born here. And you get this look into what it's like to be the child of an immigrant and an immigrant that's a refugee from a war and it's just beautifully written because he's also a poet and yes heartbreaking and poignant and oh man it's just so good (laughs) yeah i am so glad that you said just go back to mckay's and get this that's why that's why i told you that because i I kept eyeing it and eyeing it and eyeing it and like it's it's so good, and I don't at, usually spend eleven dollars at McKay's on a book, but I mean, I think I probably would have happily paid full price for this. And I did pay full price for it. This is, and I didn't know about this because if you talked about it, you talked about it like briefly in passing last year. And also, we read so many books, I can't remember everything you've read and everything I've read and all that. Um, I don't but, think we were jiving with it at that moment. I, it, was in the, it was in the big chat. Uh, well, it's too much. I missed a lot of things yeah. in the big chat back then, and um, it was it was my my new like bookish my booktube obsession of of books with Brittany that you turned me on to. Like she was talking about it in something. Either she was going to read it or she read it, and I was like, "Well, that sounds like it's up my alley." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. then we saw it, and now I'm like, "Well, now I gotta read it." Yeah, I paid full price for that bad boy. Remember when I visited the Amazon books store? Yes. In the city. So that was December 2020. Okay. And then I bought that book full price. Uh-huh. And I read it on January 6, 2021, right before I got exactly. sick with COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I probably, you probably hauled it and I don't remember you reading it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I gave it, I gave it five stars, did a review on good reason, everything. It's beautiful. I just saw that he was on the Seth Meyer late late night with Seth Meyer show. Really? Yeah, I was like, wow. And then, oh, it was one of the days. It must have been either Thursday or Friday when I dropped you off at the hotel. Yeah, I watched a video of him, and I I need to send it to you. It's a very short video of of him talking about um, how he writes. Um, oh, I'd love to see that stuff. So I'll send that to you because he seems lovely. Oh, it just, it's such a wonderfully written story. And like this discussion of language and how, when he says to his mom that he'll always be her voice. So she never, I mean, there's just these moments that are just, oh my God. I just, I read the damn book. It's so good. I, I kind of, I kind of knew it was going to be like this. Oh, it's It's beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful. All right. So I am going to share a book that I finished, I think two weeks ago. It's called Tripping Arcadia. A gothic novel by Kit. Oh yeah, Ma- Mayquist. I think it's Mayquist. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a gifted final copy from Dutton. So thank you, Dutton, for this. You've been crushing I, your gifted books. I am the worst. I have been. I've been trying really hard this year. I've been. I trying read them. really, really hard. 
I read them. I just, it's like, I read them at, at a listed pace. Yes, I've been trying. So I am proud of myself. But I I rather enjoy this book. And I just kind of gobbled it up in a day. And it was very fun to listen to. So we're following um, a young girl named, no, a young woman, not a young girl, a young woman named Lena. She's a med school dropout. She had left home to go do an internship with her aunt who did something very weird, but very like important. And there's this, not a riff per se, but like, Lena's mother is a bit jealous of her sister uh, because she's like, you know, an independent woman, you know, doing her own thing, has this great mm-hmm. career and it's the opposite of how she's living. So there's that little like sister jealousy there. And so when Lena comes home from doing this internship with her aunt, you know, there's a little bit of tension with her and her mother. And she's like, you know, you got to find the job. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, just because you spent all that time with your aunt doesn't mean you're all fancy now. So it's that kind of a thing going on at home. And so she finds this job where she's, what do you call it? Uh, she's a PA, a physician's assistant mm-hmm. for this doctor, for this uh, young man of this, of this very wealthy family. And long story short, no one, no one really knows what's wrong with this gentleman. And part of the book is I'm trying to figure out why is this doctor drugging this, this guy up so much and what's actually wrong with, with him, which is very unclear. Mm-hmm. And then there's another part where the father of the family hosts these really lavish, seedy parties where all kind of things are going on, all kind of drugs are being passed out. And because she has all of this experience of like how to concoct, um, let's just say potions, if you will, from what she learned with the internship with her aunt, she accidentally created something that got them like super, super, super high at one of these parties. Mm-hmm. And she thought she was going to get in trouble for it. But the father of the family was like, no, I need more of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right. So it's almost like she turned into like, she's, she's a PA and then sort of kind of turns into like drug dealer for this very rich family. And they're very lavish CD. Party. It is a strange well, book. Book name again. Tripping Arcadia by Kit Mayquist. This was just a load of fun. I really I enjoyed it. The cover. The cover is fantastic. So I I did not check to see if is this 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 is not a debut. I don't know what else she's written, but if she's written something else, I'm gonna get it. And whatever she writes next, mm-hmm. I will also get that. But I, I highly enjoyed this. Excellent. I'm wondering. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping maybe I had an e arc of it. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Because sometimes, because sometimes I do. I don't have that one. Oh, I thought I don't know why. I, th- I thought you also worked with Dutton. I don't. Well, I think I think I've started to get on their list, but they don't send me things like as readily as they send you things. Okay. And you just okay. have. I think you have a, a larger platform, and you're better at actually reviewing things in I'm a trying, place that everyone sees. Whereas I review books like in vlogs. And I don't know if mm. everybody, you know what I mean? Like, mm, mm-hmm. it's different. Mm, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. you can be like, here's my Goodreads. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't touched that in Oh, no, months. I just send them. I, I rarely send them Goodreads. What do you send them? And, and Well, most people don't ask. There are maybe like two or three publishers. FSG when you're. Is it FSG? Somebody asks in their thing. They're like. Tag, uh, send links to any reviews of our previous books. 
Yes, when I'm requesting books, only like maybe two, only two publishers that I work with actually do that. Yeah. Most of them don't. Meanwhile, my lovely friends at Tor. So you're on we the work well. We work well together. Like they never get mad at me. They're always happy to give me books. And mm-hmm. I do review them eventually. But you always talk about them. Because I love Tor. You talk about, but I think you do that with all, I think you're really good at always mentioning all of your publisher books on your Instagram, yeah. on the podcast, and your vlogs. Like they're getting you mentioning their books three times. Yeah, I do talk about their books a lot. You but. do. So FSG, give me books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who I'd love to get on? Orbit. If I could just get the hookup for Orbit paperbacks, man. Somebody hook me up and get me on the Europa editions list. I'm just going to keep going back to that savers and steal all the ones, whoever this person is, or Europa editions. I want Europa editions to love me as much as I love them. Somebody share that with them, please. Anyway, I just, I love them. Anyway. All right. What do you got? What do I got? You want me to go first? Oh, look at you. You're just like staring me down. You guys got to see this. She is. She is just staring me down. All right. Oh, this is a good one. I've this. I've had this one for a while. So if I showed it to you, you'd get really excited. But we're not going to show it to you. Uh, Oxford, England, July 1863. Everyone thought she had made it up and she had tolerated more taunting and teasing from other children, more lectures and punishments from grownups than any 11-year-old she'd, she'd have to bear. Should have had to bear. I can't even read. This is going to be really awful if I can't read. But now <laughs> after four years, it had arrived. Her last best chance to prove them all to them all that she had been telling the truth. A college scholar had thought her enough, had thought enough of her, had thought enough of her history to write it up as a book. There we go. I can't even put the sentence together. Pass. All right. Through the that? looking glass wars, Ooh. it is a fantasy okay. de- just declared on reality. It is a fantasy version of uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice Little was an, an ordinary girl who stepped through the looking glass and entered a fairy tale world invented by Lewis Carroll in his famous storybook. Wonderland is real. Alice Hart is the heir to the throne until her murderous aunt Reed, or sorry, Red, steals the crown and kills El- Elise's parents. All right. So there's your first pass. Just All right. Oh, if right. we run out of books, I'm going to have to go upstairs. I know. Okay. Ready? hmm The body lay naked and face down, a deathly gray, spatters of blood staining the snow around it. It was minus 15 degrees Celsius, and a storm had passed just hours before. The snow stretched smooth and the, wan- the wane sunrise, only a few tracks leading into a nearby ice block building, a tavern. Oh, what passed for a tavern in this town? Pass. Ooh. You just passed on Ancillary Justice, a sci-fi trilogy by Anne, is it Leckie? Leaky? Okay. Whatever. All right. I don't know. It was just something wasn't grabbing me. All right. All right. Um, Oh, okay. I've had this one for a while. Okay. And I keep keeping it and not knowing why I'm keeping it. Wishing to go where you don't belong is the condition of most people in the world was the opening sentence of trespassing. The man with that sentence in his head had turned and lifted his sleep mask to glance back at the passengers who were masked and sleeping in their seats on the glary one 
one class night flight. The blindfolded people were strapped down, slumped sideways on their safety straps with tilted faces and gaping mouths enclosed by the howl of monologuing jet engines. The man, ex- 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 the man excited his imagination by seeing them as helpless captives or hostages, yet he knew better. Like him, they were tired travelers going south, maybe some of them on the same drug tour, but he hoped not. This man slipping back into his seat and readjusting his mask was Slade Stedham, the author of Trespassing. Shit. I'm going to pass. Paul Thoreau, Blinding Light. Mm, Okay. I've I've heard of that author, but I've never read anything I've had this book. I do feel like he's very popular. Four years and have never actually gotten to it. Interesting. Still not getting to it today. (laughs) All right. Ooh, this is a... We're going to go upstairs for more books. What's going to happen? Okay. The train rattled around a curve. My pen skipped over the journal page, leaving a blurry green trail. I muttered a curse, softer because of those same civilians, and was about to continue writing when the digital screen of the head head of the car switched on and the loudspeaker crackled, Union Station. Next stop, Union Station. Passengers bound for Raleigh and Charlotte transfer here. The woman next to me, a grandmother returning from a family visit in Baltimore, immediately gathered up her bags from the floor. Others, civilians as well, crowded toward the exit doors, even though we had at least 15 minutes before the station. Mitchell, our sergeant ending his fourth tour of duty, duty, offered me a wry grin. Sieves, no discipline. I shrugged and occupied myself with finishing off my journal entry. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Pass. That sounds boring. This is a study in honor. This is a riff off of Sherlock Holmes, but Sherlock Holmes and Watson are two black girls. Oh, now I feel bad being like, this sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fun. Uh, it is fun. Uh, I need more books, Naomi. That's the problem. We know, this is just going to teach authors. You need a better first paragraph. Okay. Oh, man. The, top of the, 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 the tops of the waves as they curled were pale green with a ridge of white foam. And just below the green, they were deep blue. Giovanni, the sailor who liked Zeppi and me, told us it was the Atlantic blue, different from the Mediterranean blue, which we had already seen. And he was right. Atlantic blue was darker, further north and almost black sometimes. But the further south we went, the greener, the bluer. I have a weird smattering of books in here, just so you know. We're going all over the place. I don't know what to think about this. Is it okay if you read it again? Sure. The tops of the waves as they curled were pale green with a ridge of white foam, but just below the green, they were deep blue. Giovanni, the sailor who liked Zeppi and me, told us it was Atlantic blue, different to Mediterranean blue, which we had already seen. And he was right. Atlantic blue was darker, further north, almost black sometimes. But the further south we went, the greener, the blue. Um, Smash, because I'm curious what this book's about. The Dolphin People by Torsen oh. Kroll. I think my former mother-in-law gave me this. Shortly after the end of World War II, 16-year-old Eric Linden and his family have fled Germany, enjoyed Eric's uncle Klaus in Venezuela, where they we will begin a new life. But en route to Klaus's outpost further inland, they encounter a storm and their plane crashes in the middle of the jungle, stranded deep within the Amazonia uh, with no hope of rescue. They are discovered by the y- Yayomi, a violent and superstitious stony tribe. The Yayomi believe the strange looking foreigners are freshwater dolphins in human form. And the Lidens believe that as long as they can keep up the bizarre ruse, they'll be safe. But the jungle is a dark, mysterious place and no place for a family of sham dolphin people who are ultimately left with only two choices to escape or to die trying 
Okay, that can get intense. Yeah. I definitely okay. if it's set in Venezuela, I'm fairly certain that she uh, yeah. she gave it she, Ooh, she okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> Let's see here. We've got one. All right. I need more books. Green- <laughs> Greenwich Village in 58 was a madman's paradise. In those days, a bunch of us went around together drinking too much coffee and smoking too much cannabis and talking all the time about poetry and bebop. I had been running around with the same guys I knew from Columbia, give or take a colored jazz musician here or a Benny Attic there, and together we would get good and stoned and ride the subway down to Washington Square. I guess you could say I like my Columbia buddies, all right? They were swell enough guys, but when you really got down to it, they were a pack of poser wannabe poets in tweed, and I knew it was only a matter of time before I outgrew them. Their fathers were bankers and lawyers, and once their fascination with poetic manifestos wore off, they would settle down and become bankers and lawyers too and marry a nice debutante. If I'm being honest, I'll admit I mostly... I was mostly pissing away my time in school and not trying very hard on account of the fact that I lost the interest. With every passing day, I was becoming increasingly convinced academia was for the birds. And the more time I spent below 14th Street, the more it was becoming obvious to me that the village was my true education. Smash! Yes! <laughs> Three Martini Lunch by Suzanne Rindale. Wow. I love everything about that. Yeah. That is, that is, that is for me. I'm here Yay! for that. This is, you're going to know exactly what this is because I didn't realize that this is the first paragraph. You ready? Lolita, okay. light of my life, fire of my loins, my sin, my soul, Lolita, the tip of the tongue, taking a trip of three steps down the palate to tap at three on the teeth. Lolita. Smash. Do I need to say what this is? <laughs> Lolita. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> okay. All right. Walk up, hissed Cleo somewhat fiercely. Judy was five and her legs were fat, but she got up steam and propelled her small, stout body along like a tired scow straining in the wake of a racing sloop. She peeped at her mother from under the expansive rim of her leghorn straw. She knew what Cleo would look like. Cleo looked mad. That's the first paragraph. Read it again. Do you mind? Walk up, hissed Cleo somewhat fiercely. Judy was five, and her legs were fat, but she got up steam and propelled her small, stout body along like a tired scow straining in the wake of a racing sloop. She peeped at her mother from under the expansive brim of her leghorn straw. She knew what Cleo would look like. Cleo looked mad. No. Okay. It's The Living is Easy by Dorothy West. I feel like I'm hurting these books, but... You need better first paragraphs. Okay. This is the lesson that these authors must learn. All right. All right. Please don't be like, title of book, title of book. The title of the book is the first paragraph. Uh, I am tired, so very tired of thinking about Lacey Yeager, yet I worry that unless I write her story down and see it bound and tidy on my bookshelf, I will be unable to ever write about anything else. Uh, one more time, please. I am tired, so very tired of thinking about Lacey Yeager, yet I worry that unless I write her story down and see it bound and tidy on my bookshelf, I will be unable to ever write about anything else. I feel like I know what this book is. Smash! What do you think it is? I don't know. I think it's some kind of murder mystery or something. I don't know. Uh, it's an object of beauty by Steve Martin. Oh. Which okay, is about like one. his obsession with this woman. So 
Okay, good. I like it. I like it. His being some character, not Steve Martin. I, I okay. don't think it's autobiographical yeah. in any no, way. No, I don't, I, I, no, I don't think so. Okay. Hilda rested on a rough wooden bench that stood against the outside of the living hall at, I don't know how to pronounce this word, S-O-G-N, whatever that is. She closed her eyes and tipped her head back to the overhanging roof shadow, shadowed her face, and the afternoon sun warmed her body. After a cold and rainy spring, the summer's heat made her feel almost drunk. She smelled the comforting scents of ripening hay, fertile earth, and smoke from the kitchen fire. Her youngest, whew, these names, her off, called Raleigh, mouthed at her breast. If she sat still, eyes half closed, not moving, she could, she could ignore her aches and exhaustion, the weariness that had plagued her since Raleigh's difficult birth. At least Ragnarvald's battles kept him and his men away this summer. She found it much easier to run the hall with only a few men around. Her word obeyed without question. I'll smash it because it sounds fantasy-like. Okay, it? so this is The Sea Queen by Linnea Hartsukur. I don't know how to say that last name. And I think this is a, is this just a duology? That's a cool cover, though. I think it's a duology. Mm, interesting. Right. Never even heard that. How many got it? Two now? Aha, uh-huh, I have two. Okay. College had always seemed so crucial, such an essential part of what measures a person's worth and determines their future. We live in a time where people ask which school you went to before asking you your last name. From an early age, I was taught, trained really, to prepare for my education. It had become this necessity that required an overwhelming amount of preparation and borderline obsession. Every class I chose, every assignment I completed since my first day of high school revolved around getting into college. And not just any college. My mother had it set in her mind that I would attend Washington Central University, the same school that she intended but never completed. Pass. After. Is that a part of that whole like collide? Yeah, that's the first one. And I okay. I've got it like I thrifted it at some point because I was I think at some point somebody was like, no, you really should try to read it. And I was like, okay, well, if I have it, maybe I'll read it. It's okay. not happening this time. <laughs> not this time. Okay. <clears throat> there had been a dispute for years over the exact location of ooh, of title of the book. Everyone associated with Wayne County had taken part in it. The U.S. Post Office, census takers, city surveyors, real estate brokers, and the menagerie of blacks and whites who had lived along its fringes for 160 years. The original 1820 surveys that Luther needed, kept locked in its safe deposit box, stated that it was a V-shaped section of land with the boundaries running south from one and a half miles from the stream that bordered Putney Wayne's high grazing fields down a steep rocky incline of briar bush and... Mm, partial title of the book trees before <laughs> curving through the town's burial ground and ending in a sharp point at the road in front of patterson's apple orchard it wasn't a set of hills or even a whole hill just the worthless northern face of a rich plateau but it patiently bore the designation of title of the book as its boundaries contracted and expanded over the years to include no one and then practically everyone in Wayne County. Oh, smash, just because I want to know what the title of the book is because you said it so many times. Linden Hills by Gloria Naylor. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. do it. All right, yes. so are we neck and neck now? We each have three? All right. Yes. I only have six books left down here, so hopefully we find five. two more. Hopefully I have we find five two left. more. Um, we'll go to this one. All right, I'm trying to like hide it from you so it's not like on the camera so you don't want to see what it is. 
<sighs> With one last almighty roar, the French man fell to his knees and died. When the smoke cleared, Emmer kicked him to make sure he was dead. Bent on one knee in the moonlight, holding his head with his left hand, she took the marlin spike and removed his right eyeball with relative ease. She rolled it in the sand next to his head and shoved the spike, the spike deeper into his empty socket. Smash. <laughs> uh, the Dust of a Hundred Dogs by A.S. King. Oh, okay. That sounds gritty and like ooh, we love horrific. people ripping out people's eyeballs. It's great and rolling it in the sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott Torres was upset because the lawnmower wouldn't start because no matter how hard he pulled at the cord, it didn't begin to roar. His exertions produced only a brief flutter of the engine, like the cough of a sick child and then an extended silence filled by the buzzing of two dragonflies doing figure eights over the uncut St. Augustine grass. The lawn was precocious, ambitious, eight inches tall, and for the moment it could entertain jungle dreams of one day shading the house from the sun. The blades would rise as long as he pulled at the cord and the lawnmower coughed. He gripped the cord's plastic handle, paused and leaned forward to gather breath and momentum and tried again. The lawnmower roared for an instant, spit a clump of grass from its jutting black mouth, and stopped. Scott stepped back from the machine and gave it the angry everyman stare of fatherliness, frust- father, fatherliness frustrated of a handyman being unhandy. No. Oh, okay. I don't want a whole paragraph about mowing a lawn. I thought it was nicely written. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> I was like, oh, this is it's so poetic best, about this it's lawnmower. The, it's the best written lawnmower <laughs> diatribe I've ever heard. This is the Barbarian um, Nurseries by Hector Tabor. Tobar. I'm not sure. All right. All right. Do you want to do one more since I'm at four and you're at three? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, like me, like go again? Yeah, go again because oh, okay. I'm at four. Like I, I, yeah. Let's see if we can get you to four, and then we'll have to right. do a, like a final dash to the end. Shut up, Pemmy. Oh, this is a long paragraph. All right. Oh, you know. Okay, I'm gonna cut this in half because this is like a page and a half long. Is that uh, even a paragraph? Who edited this? Okay. Mm. Keep going. Keep going. Peter Peter Crowther's Ooh. book on the election was already in the shops. It was called Landslide, and the witty assistant of Dylan's had arranged the window and a scaled-down version of that natural disaster. The pale gilt image of the triumphant prime minister rushed toward the customer in a gleaming slippage. Nick stopped in the street and then went in to look at the co- at a copy. He had met Peter Crowther once and heard him described as a hack and also a modern a, mo- a modern analyst. His faint smile. As he flicked through the pages, concealed his uncertainty as to which account was nearer the truth. There was certainly something hack-like in the speed of publication. Only two months after the event, and in the actual writing, of course, the book's modernity seemed to be reserved for the efforts of the opposition. Nick looked carefully at the photographs, but only one of them had Gerald in it, a group picture of the one-on-one new Tory MPs, in which he'd been clever enough or quick enough to get into the front row. He sat there smiling and staring as if in his own mind it was already the front bench. The smile, the white collar worn with a dark shirt, the floppy breast pocket handkerchief would surely be famous when the chaps in the row behind were mere forgotten grins and frowns. Even so, he was mentioned only twice in the text as a Bon voyeur? I don't know that. That's French. As in one of the dwindling... Bon, bon, bon there you go. Viver. 
As one of the dwindling minority of the conservative MPs who had passed as Gerald Fedden, the new member for for Barwick. So obviously, what? Oh, so obviously has through public school in Oxbridge. Nick left the shop with a shrug, but out in the street, he felt delayed pride at the sighting of a person he knew in a published book. No. <laughs> okay. What was that? <laughs> this is this is the line of beauty by Alan Hollinghurst. I'm asleep on my mic. <laughs> okay. Okay. All righty. Go again. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We're gonna get you to four, little lady. Okay. This is fun. It is fun. Okay. Here we go. Okay, for this, said Cater herself, is the sort of person you've become. A person whose clock, whose, whose clocks and wristwatches have stopped, and who tells the time instead by the particular kind of cripple arrivings at her landlord's door. That's the first paragraph. One more time. So this, said Cater herself, is the sort of person you've become. A person whose clocks and wristwatches have stopped, and who tells the time instead by the particular kind of cripple arriving at her landlord's door. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that one. Smash. The Night Watch by Sarah Waters. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know I like Ooh. Sarah Waters. Yes. That was the first Sarah Waters book I ever purchased from the library book sale. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2019. This is an oldie. Let's see what we got. <clears throat> Only three people were left under the red and white awning of the grease joint. Grady, me, and the fry cook. Grady and I sat at a battered wooden table, each facing a burger on a dented tin plate. The cook was behind the counter, scraping his griddle with the edge of a spatula. He turned off the fryer some time ago, and the odor of grease lingered. Pass. Water for elephants. Ah, meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right. I know. I know. People love that book. Okay. Oh, the man, me, this pale being, no one else. It seems wakes in fright, tangled up in the sheets, the darkened room, the half-closed doors of the closet, and the slender pine-slated lamp on the bedside table. I don't recognize them. On the opposite side of the room, the streetlight's distant luminance, coating the window shade, has an eerie, unwelcome glow. None of these previously familiar objects have any familiarity now. What's worse, I cannot remember or recognize myself. I sit up in bed. Actually, I lurch in a mild, sleepy terror towards the vertical. There's a demon here, one of the unnamed ones, the demon of erasure and forgetting. I can't manage my way through this feeling because my mind isn't working. And because of it, the flesh in which I'm housed hasn't yet become me. Demons smash. <laughs> <laughs> The Feast of Love by Charles Baxter. You've got five now, beach. Boom. I only right. have one left anyway. Okay, good. I hope you pick one because I have four left here. Um, okay. Uh, I did not set out to ruin my sister's debut. That is it. Smash. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Uh, the Blood Rose Rebellion by Rosalind Eves. And I found an arc of this. It's the first in a trio- uh, trilogy, I believe. I, I don't even know if it's finished. Because I've never heard anybody talk about it. <laughs> well, the first line got me. There we go. So what do we have? So, Wait, so what do you have left? So I have left uh, The Strange and Beautiful Sorrows of Ava Lavender. Okay. Uh, Stranger in Shogun's City. And The Diabolic, which is a YA sci-fi. Oh, that's at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw two, I saw it like two years ago. 
And the only one that I have left is Hazards of Time Travel by Joyce Carol Oates. Oh, I might have picked that one. We'll see. So, right, what, so what did you end up, up? What did you end up with? What is our TBR for a future video? <laughs> what did we smash on? Smash and pass. All right. <laughs> we need a button that just goes smash, pass, smash, pass. Okay, soundboard. My so my smash books are Linden Hills by Gloria Naylor. Mm-hmm. The Feast of Love by Charles Baxter. The Night Watch by Sarah Waters. Mm-hmm. The Sea Queen by Linnea something. It'll be on be the show notes. <laughs> and Three Martini Lunch by Suzanne Rendell. I need that one. That one sounded Alyssa like. Okay. My smashed TBR is The Dolphin People by Torsten Kroll. Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. Classic. <laughs> Lolita. Uh, An Object of Beauty by Steve Martin. Which actually is a beautiful book. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Dust of a Hundred Dogs by A.S. King. And I guess the first in this series, The Blood Rose Rebellion. I love it. Rosalind love Eves. It. I'm excited. This is fun. We should so I am- all of our books like this. I am definitely going to start one of these this weekend just to kind of get the ball rolling. I should probably and, do the um, same, which I don't yeah. know. But we'll figure so, it out. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm excited. Yay. That was really fun. That was fun. Okay. So what do you have? Because I can't remember of the stack of books I have over here to talk about as a book recommendation if I've talked about any of them before. I am going to uh, go with another book that I recently finished that uh, Tiny Rep... What is it? Hang on a minute. I want to get the publisher right. Hang on. Because they're new. 99 Sea Sleuth Balloons. Okay. It's Tiny Reparations Books. Thank you, Tiny Reparations Books, for sending me a final copy of Portrait of a Thief. Oh, yes. I love that cover so much. Grace Dealey. This, this cover is amazing. It is. You did good. Um, Spot on. Love it. This was a really fun book. Uh, Let me just read a little bit of the inside flap. So, history is told by the conquerors. Across the Western world, museums display the spoils of war, of conquest, of colonialism, priceless pieces of art looted from other countries, kept even now. Will Finn plans to steal them back. A senior at Harvard, Will fits comfortably in his carefully curated roles. A perfect student, an art history major, and sometimes artist. The eldest son who has always been his parents' American dream. But when a mysterious Chinese benefactor reaches out with an impossible and illegal job offer, Will finds himself something else as well. The leader of a heist to steal back five priceless Chinese sculptures looted from Beijing centuries ago. So... Will and this group of people that have been assembled to pull off this job mm-hmm. <laughs> go on this like major heist. And here's what I really enjoyed about this book. This did not feel like, cause a lot of, like I love a good heist movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's a lot of action, but there's also something very fantastical about it. And so in reading portrait of a thief, much of it felt very real. And I think it's because Grace gave each character very personal high stakes. Mm. Everybody had something great to lose. It wasn't this like, 
oh yeah, let's steal some art so we can get paid. You know what I mean? There was just so much more to it. There were real implications if they got caught of them losing everything. And and yeah. she, I think that she did a really good job and allowing the reader to feel that tension and that fear and that anxiety and a little bit of that excitement, right? Because also everyone has a special skill, which is why they're recruited for this group. So there's that feeling of getting to use that skill mm -hmm. that nobody else really has kind of being, you know, praised for it, doing a real good job at it. But then at the same time, the uncertainty of what if everything goes wrong? What if we're caught? I could lose everything that I've been working for up until this point. So that's really what I liked about this book because to me, it made it feel more real, more mm -hmm. grounded. And I, I just, I devoured it. It's, this it is, is a definitely stunning book. It's definitely a one day book. Like you can just grab yourself a coffee or tea or whatever, get a snack and just sit down and you could just fly through this. I think it's a, this is a debut, right? Is this a debut? Well, know. whatever. It's 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 a great book. I highly I just, recommend it. I, yeah, I just recognized the cover because that cover is so eye catching and stunning. So, yeah. um, I definitely have to get through it. Uh, get through it. Get to it. Whatever. You know what I mean. Books. I know what uh, you mean. Words. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've talked. Have I talked about? I want to eat your pancreas. No, you have not. I would have remembered that, ma'am. Okay. So I want to eat your pancreas. This is a manga. It is also, I think, a novel, but I don't know if it's a novelization of the manga or the manga is a manga of the novel. I don't know. It's also an anime. But it's like this? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the whatever that dance is. Yeah. <laughs> In a minute, I'm going to need. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So this is about teenagers in it's, it's you know it's, it's manga it's japanese uh there's a young girl who's dying um from she has like pancreatic cancer or something like that uh but her, basically her pancreas is dying i think it's pancreatic cancer um and this she's writing this journal and it's like her her death diary or her life diary she's just like mm. she's she's as with the time she has left, she's living her life and she really has this like gusto to, to live life. Um, but she's keeping it a secret from everybody except for obviously like her parents because she doesn't want anybody to treat her any differently. She just wants to live life. This, the, the guy character, he finds her diary. Like they both happen to be going to the doctor or something like that. And she leaves it in the waiting room and he finds it. Sorry, the echo was distracting me for a second. So I had a brain yeah. fart. Um, and so he, uh, he finds it. And so he's the first person that, that isn't her parent that aren't her parents and her family to know that she's dying. And he is grappling with being the only person who knows this knowledge. And mm. she obviously latches onto him and he's like this, the quiet kid that nobody pays any attention to. And he sort of is very like antisocial introverted, tries to stay out of everything. And she is mm -hmm. like popular girl into everything and has all the friends and all the things. And she latches onto him because she can be a hundred percent authentic about everything that's going on with herself because right. he knows it. And she kind of t draws, it's really like she draws him out and makes him experience life while she's experiencing life for like the last time. And they right. develop this really lovely relationship. Um, it's not exactly romantic, but it is a very loving romantic. Uh, it's a very loving relationship. And, they you ultimately they both learn from each other and it does end very tragically and it is i was like reading this in the doctor's office trying not to cry i was like oh was my like, goodness i was like just just like 
in the doctor's office, but it is, it is really, really beautiful. And, you know, this, the notebook comes into play at the end and there's all these kinds of little reveals and messages and things. And it's just, it's wonderfully done. It's a beautiful story and it's, 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 it's worth a read. And it's like got the most like ear catching title Mm -hmm. you'll ever hear. So yes, yes, it does. Wow. Okay. I never heard anyone talk about that. Yeah, it's really good. And, and, um, yeah, I, I saw it because I, I saw the previews once for when they made the mo- the movie version. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the previews before a movie, like way back before we had a pandemic. And Interesting. I was like, well, that's a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's always okay. stuck in my mind. And then I realized it was a manga and all these other things. So it's kind of always been on my radar. And I saw it on Pango and I, and I, I grabbed it. So. And yeah. it sounds like it was well worth it. Anyway, folks, follow along for our smash um, book journey. This was yes. a good time. Yes, 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 yes. Time. I've got to get my groceries off my porch. So Get um, your groceries off your porch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, folks, for tuning in. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at TBRLowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time. Thank you.